This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. How many of you have a Bible cover? Can I see your hands? Your Bible is in a Bible cover, okay. I've thought about maybe sometime having an award ceremony for the person that has the fattest Bible cover. Have you ever seen some of those where the sermon notes from the last 10 years have been stuffed in that thing along with all the bulletins and the prayer sheets? You know what I'm talking about, right? Well, I say that because this handout should not end up in your archive. Okay, this needs to be someplace where you are constantly referring to it until you've developed your own outline system, your own spiritual disciplines for going to the Lord every single day. In the Sermon on the Mount, a series that we've entitled Mountaintop Living, the Lord is dealing with a number of topics related to how kingdom citizens live, what they are on the inside, what we are on the outside. But one of the things that is so vital, and the Lord is bringing us now to this point as such an important important time, starting a new year, watching change in our country that could have radical effects. And yet, every day we get to fellowship with Jesus through prayer. And when we do, if we choose to do that, You're going to have strength that's going to sustain you no matter what. And so, again, I can't think of a more important message to preach to be a help to you than what we're going to look at from God's Word today. Not my words, but the Lord's words. Though in your handout, you're going to see some practical tips that I'm offering to you that have been a wonderful help to me. And if it's not scripture, you can do with that what you want, but I hope that it'll be a help to you. Now let me me just be frank with you today. And I'm hearing this from fellow pastors across the country, and, and you're aware. I continue to have the question asked, Pastor, how are you doing? And I will tell you this is the roughest period I've ever had in the ministry. I sat at the bedside of Diane White yesterday. It's hard. But God's grace is sufficient, and you know what? If you will walk and talk with Jesus, you can endure anything. But believers who are not walking with him are going to find it harder and harder in this alien land to continue on to do what the king has called us to do. And so, this is essential this morning. 
And I'm going to move quickly. We're going to give you a lot of information here. Uh, but God has already reminded us today. Uh, Pastor Brown sang about Emmanuel. His name is a strong tower. And you can run into that tower and hide. But any of those texts that remind us of the support and the help that our Lord is, you always have to put that in a backdrop of prayer. Because if you're not talking to the Lord, fellowshipping with the Lord, His name is a strong tower, but, but we love Him who right now we can't see. Someday we're going to get to see Him. But that matters not when it comes to the help that He is to us as our intercessor, if we will turn to Him. And every moment of every day, you and I need to have our mind on Him, and we need to be talking to Him about everything. And so the teaching often referred to as the Lord's Prayer is really Jesus' model prayer. Uh, I'm not going to take time to have us quote it today, but I hope you can quote it from memory. And one of the things that has been a great service to the church is the time that the church quotes it together. Uh, parents, your children ought to have this prayer memorized. Take time for a few weeks, even at the dinner table, to quote the prayer together. But it is not intended to just be a prayer that you quote once in a while. It is, in fact, Jesus' model prayer. It's also found in Luke 11, 2-4, uh, and, and then here in Matthew 6. In these passages, Jesus presents a model for praying, or an outline of what our praying should be include. Now if the statistics are accurate, the average Christian prays, and I've, I've seen this multiple times, multiple sources. Do you know how, how much time the average Christian spends praying every day? Five minutes. And that includes, thank you Lord for the food, and maybe a bedtime prayer with the children, five minutes. And it's no wonder we're having so little impact if that's how much time we spend with our Lord. Is this because believers do not understand why they must pray or how they should pray? And so private prayer, private closet prayer is the key to your relationship with God. Roy Hessian said this, in the Garden of Eden, man was as much at home in the unseen realm as in the seen. When the faculty which in him is called spirit was able to commune with God, who is spirit. To insist then that to see God and be in living relationship with him is the supreme goal of life, which by the way it is, is not to insist on anything strange or unnatural. God saved you, let me just pause, God saved you to restore your fellowship with him. And that means being able to communicate with him in fellowship every moment of every day. So it is the very purpose for which we were created. God made us to talk back to him. Isn't that great? Now, having babies is wonderful. All right? Uh, it's, it's fun to watch them develop, but, but what do we all anticipate as parents? That time when they can talk to us. That first word. 
It's exciting. Unless it's no, okay. Uh, but, but it's exciting. You know, when the Lord saves us, he wants to hear back from his kids. Okay, so Jesus' teaching on prayer in Matthew 6 really begins in verse 5. As you study this outline, take time to read the scripture passages that are listed here. Go back and review them. Each helpful hint below, that's me, offering to you uh, some assistance in your daily prayer and Bible reading time. Now, our prayer, and I'm using it as an acrostic today, our prayer should include the following. Okay, are you ready? Hope you'll make some of your own notes in this handout that you have. It should begin with preparation. Now, we just looked at this, these verses, but go to Matthew 6 and notice verse 5. Jesus said to the disciples, remember, it's only disciples who are listening to him preach on the sermon, or on the mount there. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, Pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now that's a promise that Jesus wanted to make sure these disciples got. If you'll get alone in private with God and pray according to his will, you're going to see open blessing. What a promise. And so we set aside time in the quiet presence of God so that his conviction can shatter our human will for the sake of his divine will. Now, if you were invited to go in front of a president, a world leader, a monarch, do you think you would take time to prepare for that? Uh, well, absolutely. Okay, You'd want to know what to wear, what are the protocols for meeting someone who has that level of importance in our world? What do you say? What don't you say? Well, when you go in front of the king of kings, sure, he's dad. And we're, we call Abba, Father, Daddy. But he is also God, and so we come to him with reverence, and we need to come with prepared hearts. So what does that look like? Well, consider these verses, Psalm 66 and verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So when you come to the Lord for your daily time of fellowship with Him, and by the way, this prepares you for the whole rest of the day. This is where you're putting the armor on as well. He's meeting you to help equip you. But you need to pause and just think, is there anything that stands between my soul and the Savior? Lord, show me. And the Holy Spirit, who is not only our comforter, He's our convictor. He will point, Lord, see if there be any wicked way in me. Lord, show me. Because if I try to pray, and I am regarding iniquity in my heart, He's not going to hear. Now, let me just preface it by saying this. There have been times when I've been praying to the Lord, or even later in my Bible reading that morning, where I see something and the Holy Spirit convicts me of a sin. 
Well, that's not a sin that I was regarding earlier. I would have confessed it. But he brings something to light, and so I pause to confess that to the Lord. Does that mean everything else that I've prayed, he hasn't heard? No. But if I know of sin, if I am willfully tolerating sin, and I'm not making that right with God, don't waste your time praying. So I examine my own heart. Consider Psalm 34 and verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto those that are of a broken heart, and save as such as are of a contrite heart. So I come humbly to the Lord. I come to Him, and, and even with what we've looked at in the Sermon on the Mount, I make sure that I'm one of those saints, God, I need to be poor in spirit. I need to be willing to mourn before you. Lord, I need a hunger and thirst after righteousness. Again, ma making sure that the inside is right so that I can actually fellowship with the Lord and enjoy the sweetness of that time. Consider what David said in Psalm 51, 16, and 17. And this is, this is something where, where you're going to struggle because it's easier... It really is to do external works for the Lord, to just rush off. And, and you know, pastors are guilty of this. And, and we, can, we can serve the Lord all day. But David understood, you know, God, you don't want just those external, the sacrifices. Thou desires not sacrifice or else I would give it. Here's a wealthy king who could, I mean, he had flocks. He could sacrifice. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a, say it with me, broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O oh God, thou wilt not despise. Do you know that when you come to God broken, he loves it. Because he wants to minister to you and he can, he can, he can fix all that. And by the way, you and I come to God, we are broken. Every day, I need repair. All right, so preparation. Now, here's a hint. Choose a specific time each day for private prayer in a place where you, do not, you will not be distracted by others or electronic media. Here's something that will be a real help to you. Don't take your phone in there. If you've got an Apple Watch, don't take that in there. Just get alone with God and purpose in your heart. Nothing is going to interrupt this unless the wife hollers up the stairs and says the house is on fire. Again, consider the example of the prophet Daniel in Daniel 6 and verse 10. And I, just as a backdrop, think about what Daniel went through. How could a man at the very night that one mighty empire, Babylon, is falling to another mighty empire, Persia. How can Daniel come in there? And, and if you and I could be there that night, when he stands before Belshazzar, you didn't see Daniel shaking. Belshazzar was. But how could Daniel walk in there and be so calm? Because he knew he's going to survive this? No. When he reads the handwriting of God on the wall, tonight 
this kingdom is going to fall. Daniel could not have known what was happening besides that. Nobody do except that the Persian army had backed up the Euphrates River and they were literally marching under the walls of the city of Babylon as Daniel delivers his message of condemnation. I think Daniel thought this is my last night, but he is cool, he's collected. Why? Because of Daniel 6 and verse 10. No matter what happens, three times a day, he got alone with God. And God will do the same for you. So, preparation. Preparation. Next, reverence. You know Matthew 6 and verse 9, if you've memorized this prayer, after this manner also pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That word means reverence, to glorify, to exalt in our minds. Lord, right now, I come before you to lift you high, to make you great in my mind, in my heart, with my words. And oh, by the way, let me just encourage you. One of the things that will help you with your, refer with your reverence, it's very simple, folks. Bow your knee. Bow your knee. Say, oh, I love that passage in Scripture. We're all going to be in front of the throne before the Lord and we're going to fall on our faces and cast our crowns. Why is it any different if we're before the throne or if we're here? It's not. Now, some of you, your knees aren't in any shape for you to be getting on your knees. Okay, God knows. Uh, if your knees hurt, put a pillow under those knees. Um, if you can't get down there, God knows. But here's, here's the point. A bowed knee reflects a bowed heart. And I've discovered that a bowed knee helps me focus, helps me concentrate. If I'm looking down with a bowed heart and a bowed head, it helps me to look up. Now, as we pray all the time, you can't always be on your knees praying with eyes closed, heads bowed, especially if you're driving around Hampton Roads, okay? Pray with your eyes open. But, I encourage you, reverence the Lord that way. And then look at your handout. Helps the glorifying God through prayer include. Praising God by reviewing His names. Have you ever done a study of God's names in the Scripture? Know those names. And then rehearse them back to the Lord. Praise Him for His attributes, omniscience, omnipotence, omnipresence, immutability, eternality. Praise Him for those things. Talk to Him about those things. Faithfulness, justice, holiness, perfect in all of His attributes. Praise Him by reviewing His works. Praise Him for all of His benefits, the spiritual benefits. Just take time to reflect on those. Physical benefits. One of the things that I've heard Christians say is I struggle with my prayer life because I, you know, I pray a few minutes and I run out of things to pray. That's why the Lord gave you this model. And if you will pray the outline and mean it, and make it fresh and new, you're talking to your Lord... 
Here's your frustration. Your frustration will not be, I'm running out of things to say. The frustration will be, I need more time to do this. So praise God by personalizing worship texts in the Psalms, other passages. I would encourage you, praise Him by singing a hymn to Him. You say, well, if I sing with this voice, it will be a distraction. Well, He's the one that said, make a joyful noise. Okay? Or just repeat the words of a hymn back to Him. Have a hymnal open. All right, so reverence, take time to worship Him. Take time to fellowship with him. And then after reverence, asking. Asking. Look at verse 10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is in, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come. What are we really praying for? We're praying for what Old Testament saints, New Testament saints have always looked for. God coming to establish his kingdom on earth. The day of the Lord, it's coming, and the Lord wants us to ask for it. I love what John Broadus said. The reference is plainly to the messianic reign, which all devout uh, Jews were expecting, and which G John and Jesus had been proclaiming as now near at hand. If you go back to chapter 3 of Matthew, notice verse 2. As soon as their ministries begin, John, in the wilderness, saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Go over just one chapter. Notice chapter 4, verse 17. For that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of God of heaven is at hand. Now the kingdom was represented because the king is in human flesh and he's walking around. But he came to provide salvation. First coming. Second coming is what we're to pray for. Lord, come and set up your kingdom here on earth. A physical reign where King Jesus is on a throne in Jerusalem. Are you looking forward to that? Are you looking forward to that? Amen. So keep asking for it. That's what he's saying. Here's the way I pray. Lord, I know that the rapture is happening first. So Lord, would you come back, take your church home, and set in motion the events that will bring your kingdom to this earth. Do you know that when that trumpet sounds, in less than two election cycles, Jesus is reigning in Jerusalem. Seven years. Yeah. So ask for it. Thy kingdom come. Requesting Christ's return reminds us to be looking for His coming. 2 Timothy 4.8 Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, Paul said, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me in that day, and not to me only, but to all them that love His appearing. So this is where I do take time to pray for those that are yet needing to receive Christ, because 
the scripture tells me that the Lord is waiting for that. James chapter 2, or James 5 rather, and verse 7. Why hasn't the Lord returned yet? Well, here's what he says. Be patient therefore, brethren, under the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth uh, for the precious fruit of the earth and hath much patience for it until we receive the early and the latter rain. The Lord is waiting for that last soul to be saved before tribulation, before he comes back. You might be the one that has the opportunity to lead that person to Christ. But they are out there, and when that happens, trumpet sounds. Now, this is where I take time to pray through those on our prayer list, okay, and also for those in my family who are lost. Lord, you're waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. So I, and have some lists. All right, I pray for those in my family, Renee's family, who have not come to Christ. Some of you, you, you may be praying for your own children, for your grandchildren. I pray for the salvation of my grandkids every day. Okay? Uh, extended family, but pray, others that you're praying for, neighbors, co-workers, those that you're burdened for, All right? This is a great time to do that. So the lost that you're burdened for, pray for them here. And now, thy kingdom come, what else are we asking for? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, in heaven everything takes place just as God desires. You read through the texts in Scripture that take us into the throne room. And every time God and, and our Lord are, are, are giving directives, angels are coming and they're going. In fact, we even read about times where demons are coming and going. They still have to report into the Father, amen? And so there are times when they are sent out to do the Lord's work as well. But it's It's perfect. As, as things are controlled there. So our prayer should be that His will will be done in our lives on earth the very same way. Just like it's done. His servants there, His angels, His servants here, I am one. Lord, just like Your will is done there, do it through me here. Now, this prayer may contradict our own desires. And this there, there may be something that you have to do in that day that you don't really want to do, but you know this is what God wants. And so we need to have the attitude of our Lord that He had in the garden. And what did He say, Luke twenty-two forty-two, Father, if Thou be willing, remove this cup from me. I don't want to have to take this. Nevertheless, not my will, but Thine be done. Thy will be done. Now, as you pray that, be encouraged that God's Spirit assists our praying when we're not sure how to pray. Romans 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. I will tell you that in the last weeks and months, I've spent time in prayer and I've, I've just not known how to proceed in my praying. 
Some family has a loved one and they need that loved one. And yet that loved one is battling for their life in a hospital room. How do you pray? Needed here? God may decide he wants them there. How do you? I just don't know. So I can pray, Lord, your will be done. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're praying. I am at an impasse. But Holy Spirit, you know exactly what to say to the Father, and the Godhead always gets it right. What an encouragement. Now here's a hint. Take time here to pray for the Lord's leading for this day, including daily tasks, your schedule, other obligations. The difficult things that you need to do, that He's prompted you to do from His Word. If you're not sure how to pray for a need in your life, pray thy will be done. Or somebody else's life, pray thy will be done. Now, I do take time every day to think through my schedule as best I know it. Some of you have planning books. You've got an app on your phone where you're looking at your schedule. Pray through that schedule. Pray through that schedule. You need to talk about, to the Lord about that. Lord, as I have this appointment, would you do your will in this, on earth, just as your will is accomplished in heaven? Watch what God will do with that. All right. Moving on then. Again, this is, and, and you'll see that this covers all the areas that we, we should be praying about in everything. You should pray to the Lord. Next, yieldedness. Verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Say, what does that have to do with yieldedness? Okay, here's, here's what it has to do with it. Mike likes to think he can provide for Mike. And by the way, I've got a little bit of a suspicion maybe you like to think that way too. Say, oh, no, 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 yeah, well, just tell me how much time you spend in prayer every day and that settles it. Do you know that I can't provide for a single one of my needs? I need God to do all of it. You say, well, I'm able, okay. Who's keeping the heart going in your chest? You or God? You can't even get out your door without God's help. What do you mean you're going to handle this? Okay, so I yield to him because of the needs that I have. Give us this day our daily bread. So I'm yielding to him for his provision for food and other physical needs. I need his help with all those things. Consider Proverbs 30 and verse 8. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. What's that mean? my portion that you have allotted for me today. So, Lord, help me to be content with what I have, but, Lord, provide for what I need. And then take time. Do you have a list of the things that you really need? God says you have not because you ask not. So, what's on that list? Lord, we've got these bills. There's more month than there's money this time. Okay, whatever it is. Lord, you know you have a legion of angels keeping that car in the driveway going. You're going to have to add another legion before long. Lord, give us another vehicle. Pray, pray about those things. Okay. 
I love Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't be anxious about anything, everything, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Do you ever have anxiety about physical needs? I do. Something breaks. Oh boy. Okay. Can cause anxiety. And so we take it to the Lord. We praise Him for what He's already done. And He gives us peace that passes all understanding. But then He says this in Philippians 4.19. Same passage. But my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So ask Him. And oh, by the way, aren't you glad that you serve a great God who many times will meet the needs that you have before you even ask? I can't see the future. He can. How many times has he even provided for what I don't even know to ask for? But I do need to take time to ask. So I yield to him in those areas. And then pray for provision for your spiritual food. And this is the time where I pause in the Lord's Prayer and I have my devotions. Because I'm asking the Lord for my daily bread. Do you know what's most important? I need daily bread right now. The Lord sees my day. He knows what I'm going to face. And I believe that if I go to meet Him in His Word, in His Word, He's going to give me exactly what I need. Teenagers, young people, you need to go to God's Word expecting for Him to meet you there and to help you with your day. In fact, when I was in Bible college... Uh, and this is before phones, and you can, you can leave yourself messages now, right? Okay? Uh, and I would encourage you to do that. But back in that day, three by five cards were your system of reminding. Okay? Parents, when you get home, explain to your children what a three by five card. All right. But I, would, I, I kept a stack of them, and when the Lord would meet me in His Word, whatever He gave me that day, I'd write it down. And I, then, especially being a college student... I may try to make it a habit that in passing periods, I'd sit down in the next class and I'd pull that thing out and I'd remind myself what God and I talked about, what he showed me that morning. It was amazing over, 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 and over again. What I was facing in the day popped up on that card. Just showing me, I went to the Lord expectantly and he said, okay, I'm going to meet you because you want me to help you be prepared for today. What a great God we serve. And so, your spiritual food. And I'll say this, as David did, Lord, open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your law. God, unless you turn the light on, I'm not going to see what you have for me to see. But then consider what Job, what Jeremiah said about this daily bread. Consider Job 23 and verse 12. Neither have I gone back from the commandments of, thy, of his lips... I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. How do you view your food and how do you view your Bible? Well, the simple answer to that is how often do you feed from your, your Bible and from your refrigerator? Okay. Consider what Jeremiah said. Again, both men going through very difficult times in their lives. Jeremiah said, Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. 
For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Your necessary food. Remember, God made the natural to mirror the spiritual. I have to have food. Physical. I have to have food. Spiritual. Okay? I feed both ways because I need it both. I need both. All right. So, yield. And then examine, and we're going to quickly uh, finish up here. Our time is gone, but examine. Notice verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That word debts in verse 12 is the word for transgression. Lord, forgive my transgressions just like I forgive those who trespass against me. So here's where I examine my relationship with others. God uses this text every day for me to just ask the question, am I right with others? My family. My church family. My co-workers, whoever it may be. Am I right? Lord, show me am I right? And by the way, he'll answer that prayer quickly. Somebody, you think their name, you see their face, and immediately bitterness creeps into your heart. You're not right with them. Well, they wronged me. Okay, here's what the Lord is saying. He is going to forgive you just like you forgive others who have wronged you. Say, well, I confess my sin to the Lord. Is there anybody in your life you haven't forgiven? Guess what? You may have gone weeks, months, even years. God hasn't been able to forgive you because you're holding out on somebody else. This passage is intended to make you face that and to make it right. Have you sought reconciliation where there had, had, has been conflict with somebody else? Have you forgiven those who have wronged you? And so, every day I pray, Lord, forgive me just like I forgive others. Sometimes that's hard. Again, why is it important? Because verses 14 and 15, we won't take time to read them, but that's exactly what God says. I'm going to forgive you like you forgive others. You withhold forgiveness, I'm not going to forgive you. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is where we examine the risks that we're going to face every day. Do you think evil is going to try to influence you today? Every day, right? And so what we're saying is, Lord, don't allow me to be drawn into temptation today, but deliver me from evil. And in the text, that's, the text actually means the evil one. What is Satan trying to do? He wants to use the world and your flesh to work with him to get you to yield to temptation and to fail. In fact, he wants to destroy you with sin. That's, what's, that's what he's trying to do. And so this every day, I, I take time at this point to say, Now, Lord, help me not to be drawn into temptation. Keep me from the evil one from my flesh, and Lord, this whole world system that is anti-God and wants to, wants to affect my fellowship with you and ruin me. Lord, so keep me 
from the evil. And by the way, there have been some days where I've been in a hurry and I haven't prayed that. And it just seems like in those days, there are a lot more fiery darts. <laughs> Why? I didn't ask God for help, which means I probably didn't grab the shield of faith. All right. So, Lord, help me not to be drawn into temptation. Now, you need to pray that every day. Is there anyone I need to forgive? Is there anything, uh, Lord, that between me and another? And then, God, you need to help me prepare today. This is a good time to just examine, read, read through, remind yourself. If you've memorized the text, Ephesians 6, make sure that you're putting the armor on. And then we end the prayer just like we started it. All this is about fellowship with God, reverencing Him, worshiping Him. And that brings us to verse 13. And lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now make the connection with verse, the first part of verse 13. What is going to cause you not to be a good worshiper, a fit worshiper? Sin. What is going to cause you not to help build the kingdom of God? Sin, lack of forgiveness of others, being influenced by the evil one. So those do go together, but when, when I've prayed those things, now I turn my focus back to why God has me here and reverence again. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Jesus taught that we're to end our praying the same way we started it, with praise. Here Jesus is actually quoting from King David's praise in 1 Chronicles 29 and verse 11. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. You get to see into the heart of a man, the psalmist of Israel, sweet psalmist, who walked with God. This is how he, he worshipped his Lord. You say, well, that just sounds like flowery language. Okay, that's on you. That's not on David. You're getting to see how somebody who knows how to worship and is right with God worships. And you need to get there, not be critical of it. For all that is in the heaven and earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. And your flesh may be battling that as you worship the Lord that way. Just ignore your flesh and worship Him. So here's a helpful hint. Our praying closes with praise and the reminder that life is about building Christ's kingdom by His power for His glory. And by the way, I say that every day. That's how I end my praying. Now, Lord, use me before I get up off my knees. Use me today to build your kingdom by your power, through your power, for your glory. Do you think the Lord's pleased with that? Obviously, yes, because that's what he told us to pray. Now, if you will take time, and it's taken me some time just to explain this, but if you'll take time just as you remember the Lord's Prayer, if you need to start out having your Bible open to Matthew 6, great. But pray through that outline, and as you get to each of those parts, 
talk to the Lord about what he is saying to us. I'll go ahead and just kind of stick my neck out here. If you'll take this text seriously, it'll transform your prayer life. It'll transform your prayer life. I'll say it again. It will transform your prayer life. And you can get off your knees with the assurance, you know what, I just talked to God about what he told me to talk to him about. And it'll be fresh and new. You don't have to use the same words every day. I do quote this. But, but make, you're, you're talking to your friend. You're talking to your Lord. He wants to be your friend. He said, you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh unto you. All right, make it fresh. But take time to talk to him about these things. Jesus model prayer, I believe, is the key to the fellowship that we need to have with him, that he desires to have with us. And what we start in the morning or what may be the best time of your day. Some of you get up so early, this isn't practical. All right? So don't give God the first part of your day. If you have one of those schedules, give him the best part of your day. But fellowship with him. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened and God's word has had an impact on your life as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.